Better all those up, Swindon fans. But you're not there yet. In it goes! Oh, it's gone in! Richard left foot in! What a volley! It's the stuff of champions! It's the stuff of dreams! And Donate races it on goal, and Donate! 3-0! The Amex goes wild! What a goal! And now Murray could be in. Snake from Tompkins, what a goal from Glenn Murray, he's hardly had a touch. On he'll go, Michael Smith, into what he's Hello and welcome to episode 69, nice, of uh, Together, a Brighton and Nerve Albion podcast. Um, we are recording just after the West Ham game, uh, about an hour and a half after the West Ham game, um, and we are taking a good long look at the transfer window. Um, anything else that kind of went on over the week uh, that rolled up to the transfer window slamming shut, um, ins, outs, and the West Ham game uh, that was a roller coaster of emotions, um, as it tends to be at West Ham these days. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see how we go. So, of course, uh, the transfer window did close this week. Um, and let's take a look at our outs uh, before we kind of look at our ins. So, uh, Leon Balogun, quite interestingly, heads out to Wigan Athletic uh, with Jan Malakar. So, Jan was put, called back from QPR Um and was then sent straight back out on loan, uh, double loan, weirdly enough, to uh, the, the the side Wigan. And Wigan actually came back to, well, came back. They weren't even down. They went on to beat Leeds today, which was beautiful to see. Uh, you truly love to see it. Um, glad to see it happen. Uh, Balogun is one of those players that, you know, he, he made a couple of appearances here and there, filled in as and when he needed to. Um, but for the most part... You know, he didn't do a great deal. Uh, definitely didn't do anything at all under Graham Potter. Um, but for the most part, you know, I thought he, he played a pretty good role. Um, did exactly what he was brought in to do and serve as a backup uh, for the, the defensive frailties, if there was any. Um, and, you know, did that job pretty well. And I think that Leon Balogun will always be remembered as uh, for that goal against Crystal Palace from the minute he came on as a substitute with that uh, weird-ass scissor kick side volley that he scored uh, with absolute aplomb against Palace at home, um, which we, you know, we only had 10 men and that was an incredible, uh, incredible performance. And Balogun definitely stands out as a man that did it over there. Um, the other one to talk about is Lakar, of course. We'll see how he does there. He didn't get a whole deal of, uh, of, of chances um, at the Albion anyway, and I don't believe he was really getting a lot of appearances at QPR either. Um, so he's gone out on loan together with uh, Leon Balogun to see how he can do. Um, I do know that we seem to have a pretty good relationship with Wigan, weirdly enough, uh, with the Dan Byrne loan um, and purchase. And of course, the Christian Walton move that we had, uh, I believe he was there for a couple of years. Um, so, you know, we seem to have a pretty good relationship with, with Wigan and having people uh, go there to develop and get game time. So hopefully both of them 
can get some game time and Balogun especially who won't be coming back in the summer I'm sure he's out of contract um, he doesn't seem to be the type that I would expect us to re-sign so I'm hoping that you know he can put himself in the shop window if not get signed outright by uh, by Wigan so we shall see um, two others that left well those are those quite a few that went out on loan uh, development squad members but we're not going to hit on them today um, because there's two others that you know are more first team based that uh, worth talking about so Jürgen Lacardia um, has been recalled from his loan in Germany uh, didn't do a great deal out there um, scored a couple of goals made a couple of appearances um, but he wasn't you know first man on the team sheet out there I believe with Hoffenheim uh, and he has been recalled. Uh, a couple of people started to wonder if he was going to be recalled for the first team. Um, became very apparent very quickly uh, that Jurgen Lacardia looks to be heading to Major League Soccer. Uh, you know, your friends over the pond, or rather me over here, uh, will be keeping a very keen eye on him. Um, it seems that he's heading over to FC Cincinnati. Um, should be very interesting to see how he goes there, by all accounts. Uh, after having a brief look into Cincinnati, uh, they are not the most well-placed club at the minute in Major League Soccer. Um, if there was such a thing as a relegation, it seems like they would be well in the mire um, this year. It looks like they're, you know, they struggle an awful lot. So, you know, in, in Major League Soccer terms, I think Lacardia is an excellent signing. Um, and I think he'll do really well over here. Uh, you know, whether that says more about the league or him says everything you need to know, really, to me. Um, and, you know, good luck to him. I'm sure he'll do fine. Cincinnati is, he'll be a very big fish in a very small pond. Um, so good luck to him. Um, and we shall see. We shall follow with great interest uh, what you can do over here. Uh, and last but not least, Gaetan Bong. So Bong, who has been the subject of many criticisms from myself and everybody else over the last couple of months, whenever he's came on as a substitute, um, has headed out on loan uh, to Nottingham Forest for the rest of the season. I believe it's a loan. Um, maybe it's permanent. Can't remember. Anyway, he is now gone. Uh, to Nottingham Forest and he's also out of contract in the summer so it's very unlikely that he will be signing another Albion contract I suspect that you know this is uh, going to probably be a loan to buy if he hasn't already uh, or rather just loan to sign um, but you know despite his uh, his second Premier League season being you know one to forget um, very much replaced by Bernardo uh, at, throughout the entire season really he made 19 appearances um and, you know, wasn't the uh, the greatest player in the world. Um, it's it's worth noting just how good he was in that first season in the Premier League. Um, and in the season, we got promoted. Uh, in the season, we got promoted to the, from the Championship to the Premier League. He made four, 24 appearances uh, with four assists, 76% uh, pass accuracy, uh, pretty solid in the air. Um, you know, he even had a couple of shots per game. Um, on occasion, this was a man that didn't let us down disciplinary wise. You know, he only received five yellow cards and one red, um, during his time. In fact, he only ever received one red card at the Albion throughout his whole time here. Um, and actually only received 10 yellows in his entire career at the Albion too. Um, also funnily enough, he's also a Wigan player, ex Wigan player that we got. So maybe the relationship started all the way back in 2014. Um, but you know, this is a man that gave everything to the Albion. Um, he came in, we gave him his shot, and he took it. Um, he was very, very much instrumental in being, you know, one of the players that got us promoted. And that year, 
in our first year in the Premier League, he was asked to do a very specific job. And I mentioned it a lot of times on the podcast when we were talking about it, um, that, you know, he was asked to do a very specific job uh, in terms of marking a player out of the game, uh, following following a certain rule set or pattern uh, that he wanted to get done. So, for example, when we went to Anfield uh, a couple of years ago, um, it looked very much to me, and if you were to go back and watch it, I think you would agree with me, uh, Hutton gave him one job, and that was to keep Mohamed Salah out of the game. Mohamed Salah is one of the best footballers in the world. Um, you know, he's having a slightly quieter season this year, but he's still world-class, and Gaetan Bong did it. He kept Salah out of that game. <laughs> and there aren't many fullbacks that can say that they've done that. Um, he also did it to multiple other big big name players over the course of that first season. Um, I believe uh, that the stats actually showed that I think he was first in the Premier League for crosses blocked. Um, he was first for uh, sort of interceptions in that kind of last third there. Um, he was a player that was meant to do one job in the Premier League and did it incredibly well. Um, and I think we need to just remember him for that and not remember him for the for the terrible performances he put in at the end of this season, uh, end of last season and the beginning of this one. Um, because I think he's been an excellent servant to the club. And, you know, I think it's been five years we had him. And I, I wish him all the best. He goes to Forest, a team that are very well placed to do well in the championship. Uh, I believe they are third in the, t in the table right now after today's results. Um, maybe fourth. I know that Fulham did very well, and I'm not sure they did. Um, but, you know, they're definitely a playoff chasing team. They're well in the mix, well in the hunt. And I think Gaetan Bon can only help them in that regard. Um, he's got a lot of experience under him, and he is very much more than good enough to do well in a championship squad. So thank you very much, Gaetang. Uh, you have been an absolute legend, and we will definitely remember you for the good. Um, so moving on to West Ham, right? So we've just played West Ham. Um, we went into this game unbeaten against them, actually, uh, in the Premier League, with three wins and two draws so far. Uh, I saw that the Premier League tweeted this out, and I was quite annoyed because that's the classic recipe to uh, end any kind of run for any team when they start boasting about certain records that teams have. But we have had a pretty good time against West Ham in recent years, as you would, you know, you'd agree. Um, we also had a pretty incredible game this time-ish last year. I believe it was the New Year's Day game or the 2nd of January game, uh, where we drew with them in the New Year. Um, and, you know, we I think we were 3-1 up and ended up drawing 3-3. Three, three. Um, um, no, it wasn't. It was 2-2, two, two, wasn't it? We were 2-0 up at halftime, I think, and we went on to draw 2-2. Two, two. Um, and, you know, we were the better team by far for the first half, and it was a little bit like the old classic Fulham game a couple of years ago as well. Um, but we came in, um, and, you know, we are also the only team, funnily enough, in the Premier League that West Ham have never beaten in the top flight. So uh, we are the only team currently in the Premier League uh, that they have never beaten. Um, even better random stat time. The other team, there is only one other team in the entire football league that holds the same record to have never been beaten by West Ham at the top level. And that team is Swindon Town. So shout out to Swindon. Well done. Um, match stats. So taking a look at the numbers, um, we had 19 shots to their 12, uh, six on target apiece. 
Um, we had three big chances to there too. Uh, this is this is the fun piece of this game and shows you just how mental it was. Uh, we had three big chances to their two big chances. They scored three goals and only one of their big chances was scored. So of their two big chances, they missed one. Uh, it was the early one where the three kick came in and their new midfielder uh, caught it pretty well when Matt Ryan made an excellent save. Um, but due to the others being deflections, uh, it doesn't count as any kind of chance. It was just pure bad luck so um it's a weird stat to have two big chances you only score one of them but you've scored three goals uh we also had two golden opportunities early on uh with trossard and moy before going uh one nil down as you always see these days uh we are we arguably uh, should have been two nil up at the time um and it all felt like a little bit bournemouth didn't it um it certainly had a lot of parallels i saw a lot of people tweet in that it did have some feelings that felt very similar to that um, in the first half. But overall, um, you know, it was an absolute roller coaster. 490 completed passes uh, to their 229. Interestingly, 22.65% of our passes came in the final third, um, while West Ham United managed 27% in our final third. Very little difference between the two when you look at that, you know, a couple of 20%ers, uh, barring the fact that West Ham had far less, with only 62 passes in our final third compared to our 220 with only 62 passes in their final third, uh, our final third. And frankly, it showed, um, you know, with the majority of their chances, you've got to admit they all came from set pieces. Um, and we looked, as usual, at our weakest when being counted on um, and committing those fouls to allow those set pieces to come in. Um, we actually committed four fouls in highly dangerous areas, uh, to be precise, as well as four corners conceded too. Um, you know, when you think that there's almost a 50% mark there of we, they had eight set pieces and we conceded from three, very worrying indeed. Um, not good. We look to invite ourselves into trouble, um, being counted, attacked and giving up the ball. And we did. Um, and, you know, with their big chances to score that didn't come off from being set pieces, uh, it says everything you need to know. Uh, their goals they did score all came from set pieces, mm -hmm. came from deflections. Um, we simply have to manage this better. Uh, Montoya was the main problem today against Antonio. I think, I think that everybody on the pitch and in the in the crowd could see it. Um, and Mikhail Antonio is a man that has bossed us around a lot in recent years. Um, Antonio suffered three fouls today more than anybody else, um, and Montoya and Stevens combined to commit all three of them. Uh, we could not handle him, and frankly, it was probably the main reason we went 3-1 down because he he really just ruled the game on that left-hand side for them um again as a team you know despite being bad at defending we had no clear errors leading to goals unlike them uh, they had two clear errors that led to goals that is horrific um we just failed to defend both the first and second ball at set pieces effectively um and it's something that we desperately need to work on you know, we, we miss Shane Duffy, in my opinion. I think that other people echo that. But on the other hand, Albion were also weak at set pieces last year uh, under a Chris Hutton manager that is renowned for being a lot more defensive and solid at the back. Uh, the only time we looked in big danger last year was in the similar situation, being counter-attacked and set pieces. And we had Duffy then as a first name on the team sheet. And don't get me wrong, we look worse 
at set pieces than we did under Hutton. Um, but this is not a new or you know thrilling problem. This is this has been a while, a problem for some time, um, and we need to get to the bottom of it. Uh, looking at the players, um, there's quite a lot to go through. Actually, I thought Moy, Aaron Moy, was incredibly disappointing. Actually, um, against West Ham, three shots, none on target. Uh, was dispossessed twice. Had two other touches leading to a loss of possession. Uh, something that you very, very rarely read happening to Aaron Moy. Um, I don't usually even go through those kind of stats uh, on here because they don't really make much difference um, in in the readings because they're always pretty low, but. For a player like Aaron Moy, he he doesn't really ever have any. So for him to have two of each is uh, just shows how how much of a poor day he had at the office. Um, defensively, he wasn't much better uh, as a you know a central midfielder. Apologies for the rattling. My pug was being an absolute geek. She is now laying down. So <laughs> so uh, yes, Aaron Moy, crap. Thought he was bad. Uh, defensively, not very much better than, you know, than his attacking output. Um, you know, this is a man that's supposed to have been a part of a midfield four. Uh, he made one tackle, one block, and one clearance. Only Trossard, only Leandro Trossard had a worse record in the game for the Albion. Um, and we have noted for some time the job he does. Uh, and that job is that he seems to be told not to worry too much about defending. So the fact that Trossard had a little bit more, a little bit, just a little bit less uh <laughs> of a defensive impact. I'm not sure what Moy was doing today. Uh, Montoya, I also thought had a poor game, um, namely because he was outmatched from minute one against Antonio, as we said just a little while ago. Uh, physically, he had no chance. Um, and so going forward, it left him providing very little. Two key passes, one that should have been an assist early on before Antonio really got his influence stamped on the game. Um, but, you know, after that opening 10, 15 minutes where it looked very end-to-end, um, Montoya provided very little uh, all over the place. He was just bossed. Um, Starmen, however, are plentiful, actually. Uh, given that dire first half we had, um, you know, you would have been surprised to have seen anybody being given a good review. But Sonny March and Ezekiel Shalotto uh, totally changed the game coming on. Like I said on Twitter, if you think that, uh, if you truly thought at the time that, yes. Ezekiel Shalotto is the man we need to make this game change on its head. This is what we need. Thank God Potter's got him on. Uh, you're either lying or you are Graham Potter listening to this podcast. And fair play to you. Um, he changed the game with Solly. Solly came in with four shots, two on target, two successful dribbles, and won two fouls. Uh, he led the team in all of those areas, despite only paying 25 minutes. Ezekiel Shalotto, the numbers do not show it, but I thought he provided some major width and was fresh and able to take advantage of them the moment Antonio went off. Uh, you know, the minute Antonio went off, an exhausted Montoya followed him. Ezekiel Shalotto came on. Weird move. Ended up being an inspired one. He totally changed the game over there with, with, with March. And what a, what a substitution from Graham Potter. Um, you know, it has to be said that Albion have been victim to a couple of super subs in their time, um, and P Potter is now being able to do the same for the teams. It's always nice to see. Uh, Proper, I thought, ran the midfield 
in the second half, I thought he was godlike. In the first half, he was already playing very well. That pass uh, that was, you know, outside of the beautiful ball into Trossard to set him away one-on-one was excellent. Um, And in the second half, I thought he was, you know, he is a man worthy of the Dutch national team. It was a performance worthy of them. Uh, One shot, two key passes, 89% pass accuracy with 87 touches, which was the most in the team. Had an assist, could have had two or three more with the amount of balls he was playing in that were very, very good indeed. Uh, I thought it was, I thought he proper put in an absolutely majestic performance. And I think he's been one of the biggest benefactors um, of Graham Potter. And well, okay. He's been one of the biggest benefactors you would never have even considered at the start of the season. Um, But I think proper has continued to grow and is an incredible asset to this team. Uh, Pascal Gross, I also thought, looked woefully off the pace early on. My goodness. Um, I thought a game like this would be key for him uh, with Glenn now to deliver the ball to. Uh, But my God, I thought he was really off the pace in that first half. It looked like he didn't know where to be and when. Um, There was no willing runner for him to pass the ball to except for Montoya. Um, And he was, you know, having to be worried about Antonio. So it it was a really, really poor first half from Gross. Um, and then to go away with two shots, one on target, four key passes, which ended up being the most in the team, and a goal to cap off his hard work. Um, you know, I thought Pascal Gross did a pretty thankless job for the first 70 minutes, but that final 25 again shows just how good he can be with players firing around him. Um, it changed the game. Trossard, too, I thought had an excellent game today uh, from the first minute, actually. Uh, I think he should have scored his one-on-one chance. You know, I think I think if you want to be a, one of the best players, you have to score those chances more often than not. And he didn't look like scoring it for a while there. Um, three key passes, two shots, one on target, uh, even a couple of interceptions high up the pitch. Generally caused them a ton of problems. Even when we were at our poorest, he was the man that caused them issues. Um and, you know, when, when Sonny March and Ezekiel Shalotto came on, uh, his ability to float around that final third, because uh, he was all over the place. You didn't know where he was going to come up. Um, and it caused them no end of problems. You know, you could tell that they didn't know where they were going. Um, and it was it was great to see. Uh, and, you know, finally, my man of the match. Um, if I had to give it purely on performance, I think Davy Proper is my man of the match. For overall... Um, I think it has to be Glenn Murray. Two shots, one on target, one goal. Six aerials, one, which is joint most. Only one offside. Two fouls, one. A tackle, an interception, and two clearances. He did it all against West Ham. He, you know, he should be commended for it. He has been the consummate professional, at least on the front of it. Whether he has been or not, behind closed doors, no one knows. Um, But he has been brilliant um, for all intents and purposes. And, you know, I I just think he played excellently today. Um, I would love to see how Potter can still fit together Mopai and Muzza now. Um, I really would love to see them together. Uh, but, you know, today, more than anything, has reinforced my view, at least, that Aaron Moy and Pascal Gross uh, should not start in the same eleven. Um, and for such influential players, one is going to be left unhappy, right? Both of them are excellent. Both of them are... N- I was going to say world-class on their day, but they're not. But both of them are top-class on their day. Um, And one of them is going to be unhappy. But with both, we seem to have a total lack of pace going forward. 
Um, and when we replaced Moy with March, it showed just how much of a difference it makes. That extra injection of pace in that midfield group just changed the game entirely. Um, coming in, you know, sitting behind Murray, it changed it. Overall, it was, as usual, a game of two halves for the Albion. Final 45 minutes must now be replicated at the Amex next week. It is vital. I thought we needed 10 points uh, to really pull away and, you know, cap off the uh, the season and be safe. I think it's safe to say that if we would have come away with 10 points, we would be safe. Uh, we would be in amongst that crowd in the top 9-10 of the league. Um, and we've failed to do so. So, you know, we've now got ourselves into this mess. We now need to get ourselves out. Um, and that starts, well, that started with this final 45 minutes against West Ham and must be carried on against Watford. Uh, they've had their new manager bounce. It seems to have finished, uh, you know, their last three, three games. are a draw and two defeats. Um, they are not in the finest of form. Um, away from home, they're very average anyway. Uh, you know, they got beat by Villa. Um, they stuffed Bournemouth, but most teams barring us stuff Bournemouth. Um, and they're a team that struggle for goals. They struggle desperately. Um, 25 games, 23 goals, not good. 12 games away from home, 10 goals, 43% possession away from home. Uh, they're, a, they're a team that struggle away from home. Um, and this is, you know, this is now or never really for, for making it work out. This is... Going to be an interesting start in 11 to see come through. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised. Personally, I would be happy with the exact same 11. Just take out Moy for Solly March and do it, play the same formation we played in that last 25 minutes and let him go at it and keep Montoya on. You know, I think that Montoya was just unfortunate to be battered by Antonio today. Um, but I would keep him. I would start him. That would just be the one change for me. Uh, and that would be Solly March in. Um, he looked like a live wire today and Aaron Moy out and I'll be happy with it. And finally, uh, last thing we need to hit on is Alexis McAllister and Tarek Lamptey. Uh, so Tariq Lamptey, we don't actually have a great deal of information on. I've tried to find some, uh, there really isn't much at all, honestly, um, the, the long and the short of it is he is a Chelsea youth player um, that we've signed for three or four million, which is unbelievable, by the way. Um, and if it wasn't for the fact that they had a wealth of options at right back, uh, he wouldn't be going nowhere. They didn't want him to go anywhere in the first place. Um, and if you're on social media yesterday and you saw uh, the announcement for Lamptey, um, you would have seen the majority of Chelsea fans absolutely fuming at it. Um, that can only be a good thing. Very small, five foot four. Says he compares him, his gameplay to Danny Alves. Uh, if we can get fifty percent of Danny Alves out of him, um, we are going to have a top class right back for many years to come. Um, looks very promising, though. We've needed a right back. We said we needed one. We've gone out and bought one. He's young. He's fast. He offers a different option, um, and I think that he's he's an excellent signing. And you know, when you're faced with Reese James and Cesar Aspelicueta in front of you and you choose to go out to play football, um, that is a huge endearment to me. Uh, there are too many young players that are happy to take a big fat paycheck and sit on a bench or not even sit on a bench, just do their training and bail. Um, if this man, uh, you know, if, if Tariq is wanting to come in and play games, uh, I, pff, fair play, very happy with that indeed. Uh, he has the right attitude. He already 
is more than welcome in my eyes. Uh, Alexis McAllister is the other one. So, loan cut short from Boca Juniors. Been ongoing for about two weeks now, I think. Um, and we finally got the deal done. So, uh, he has a couple more stats in his name here uh, that you can see. Um, he's made a good couple of appearances here for Boca. Uh, I have nine on record here. One goal, one assist, couple of couple of yellow cards. Um, averaging two shots per game. Um, 77% pass accuracy. Uh, made a couple of appearances for Argentina already in friendlies. Um, he's a player that primarily has been played on the left or as an attacking central midfielder. Um, now, according to whoscored.com, um, his appearances on the left midfield uh, generally re result in around like a six and a half rating. Um, his rating when he plays as an attacking midfielder um, in the center is results in the majority of his goals and assists. Uh, he is in the high sevens uh, in ratings for his position. Um, so, you know, it would be he is a man that you would expect to come in and play that central attacking midfield role. And it looks like that's his best place to be. Um, so you've got to be happy with getting him in. He's already made a couple of appearances for Argentina. He's only, what, 20, 21 years old? Um, 21 years old, just. Um, this is a man that I think is going to have to be the man that comes in and injects something new into the team. Uh, his key strengths, key passes, crossing, uh, taking set pieces throughout, and through balls. Um, he likes to cut inside. He wins an awful lot of fouls. Uh, he likes to cross the ball um, and generally is that classic number 10. Um, and if that's the case, uh, you know, I would, by the time we get around to Sheffield United, because I don't believe he's available for Watford, it'll be the, the game after that, which is Sheffield. Um, you would like to think that, I think he's been with the Albion about two weeks by then, because I think his international uh, appearances finish on the same week that we play Watford, which is next week. Um, and I would hope that he is back, comes straight back to the Albion, spends two weeks with us, gets used to know what we're doing, um, and he can slot straight into that role that I just put Solly March in. Um, Moy out, Solly March out, Alexis McAllister in, and I think he could make all the difference. Um, we shall see. I think it was a very dangerous transfer window for the Albion. Um, make no mistake, just because we come back from 3-1 down today... We needed to sign a striker, and we didn't. I think at this point, you need to realize, at least personally my opinion on it, is that Tony Bloom and co. Uh, have accepted that this is a, a project that they're investing in, um, like a long-term vision, and the Premier League is just a piece of that. Uh, if we go down, if we go down, we've done it to ourselves. We have decided that we are not going to strengthen ourselves where we need to strengthen, and we are going to take that risk. Um, we have known that we needed a Glenn Murray replacement striker for three years, and we've chosen not to do it this year. Like, outright chosen not to do it. There was very little about the rumours yesterday that said that we were going to get in a striker. Um, and if we wanted one, we would have got one. If we really wanted one. If we thought it was the difference, we would have got one. I personally think it might be the difference. We shall see. I hope I'm wrong. Um, but at this point, the transfer window's over. You may as well just sit back and enjoy the ride as best you can because this could be the last four months you see us in the Premier League for the who knows how long. Um, and, you know, if we stay up, 
it's another one of Tony Bloom's gambles that have very much paid off. So we shall see. Um, but Watford at home next week, huge, vital, need to take all three points to keep ourselves on the up um, because the games do not get any easier after that. You've got to think that 38 points is probably going to be enough to bring ourselves to safety, um, which means four more wins needed to get there. Let's start with Watford, please, um, because the start to 2020 has been appalling. Um, need to do better. This is, I think this is our longest winless run under Graham Potter. Um, so let's change it, please. I will see you all next week to review the Watford game and go into the international break or whatever kind of break it is this time. <laughs> um, I'll see you all next week. Have a good one. Be safe. <laughs>